My name is Dakota Kirker. The date is currently May 16th, 2021, and today I'm going to be discussing something that you don't hear about as often as you might have back a few years ago, or decades ago for that matter. Books. Novels, to be completely specific. Whether you love them or you hate them, they certainly exist. But just because they do exist, your stance on actually wanting to read them or not doesn't have to sway what you think about the books themselves. Take me, for example. Someone who can barely slog through graphic novels, let alone actual novels with 300 plus pages. And yet, that didn't stop me from actually having a fun time reading the 2006 novel by Marcus Suzak, I Am the Messenger otherwise known simply as The Messenger in Australia. How exactly did it manage to captivate a person from Gen Z such as myself? Oh, why else would I be here if it wasn't to explain that exact question? The plot of the story itself revolves around Ed Kennedy, an underage, ordinary, hopeless cab driver that just so happens to get caught up in the crossfires of a bank robbery, and, through complete coincidence, kickstarts a series of events that forces him to play the patron saint and change the lives of those around him, be they complete strangers, close friends and relatives, and maybe even himself. The actual beginning, jumping straight into the story with no exposition to speak of, immediately presents the reader with a feeling of suspense and anticipation, making them ask questions such as, why is the gunman robbing the bank in the first place? How is Ed and his friends going to make it out of this situation? And is this kind of stuff normal for them? Questions like these only further enticing the viewer to keep going through the pages, even if just for an extra bit of time, just to see how things will end up on the next page, and then the next chapter, so on and so forth. Granted, the wording made it a bit confusing for me, personally, the first time around, but that's most likely due to the lingo differences between American English and Australian English, and in hindsight, it's far easier to understand, and, if I might say, even a very good execution of a first chapter. And that being said, a story is not made a story by just having a beginning, and then nothing else of substance. So the parts that come in between the beginning and end of the book have to have some deciding factors into how I'm able to judge it. One of those factors being defining moments that resonate with the reader, whether they happen to be minor or major. A few of those moments for me had to be Ed's encounter with the Stones of Home, his confrontation with his mother, and the message to and aftermath presented of Marv's message as it's those moments especially that really help give deeper meaning to not just Ed, but other characters in the story that the reader may have just made a passing glance at beforehand. For Ed, it shows that his life is more than just something he happened to stumble into, 
and that the circumstances provided by the people around him have caused him to digress further and further as a person until he eventually just allows his life to be put completely in autopilot. For his mother, it shows that despite everything Ed does to get on her good side, just on the off chance that she might treat him with respect for once in a while, she simply can't stand to look at him because, through thick and thin, He's remained exactly the same and stayed right where he was as an adult, reminding her of her own husband who failed to deliver on the promises he made to her. And for Marv, it shows that underneath his tough, uncaring exterior lies a man that has made many mistakes in his past that he believed would be completely impossible to repent for. But with a little push given by his friend, he was finally able to get the closure that he wanted so desperately to have and make his life just a little bit more bearable. And that's really what this whole story is about. Not just Ed's transformation of other people's lives, but also the transformation of his own. It's a no-brainer that the story would have an overarching focus on Ed and how he grows as a person through the actions that he takes in the course of the story's events. But it's how those changes are presented that allow Ed to truly find meaning in himself other than simply delivering messages on the cards to other people really showing off an extra layer to his character being developed that many readers might not have expected to be unsurfaced. Coincidentally enough, Ed's development also ties into one of the core themes of the book, being circumstance versus character. While Ed realizes that delivering the messages on the cards is a necessity and must be carried out, for one reason or another, there are moments in the story in which Ed hesitates, either because he doesn't know how to do something, or because he doesn't want to, be it for a lack of confidence, the risks outweighing the benefits, etc., and etc. A particular example of this in the story occurs when Ed finally attempts to confront the man raping the woman at Edgar Street, as despite assuring Angelina, the daughter of the woman, that he's there to save them, he freezes up and is unable to allow himself to take another step further into the dangers of the house that lie ahead. Only when Ed is given a literal choice between life and death does he finally decide to put an end to the rapes. But even then, he simply can't bring himself to murder another human being in cold blood. And that specific scenario isn't where things cap off in terms of Ed's development, either. From the very start, I actually considered Ed to be my favorite character in the entire book, because there's a little piece of him that can be found inside anyone you look at. The complete sense of bitter apathy towards the happenings in his life, hesitation in performing actions to benefit others simply due to your own preferences and morals, the desire from something greater despite having the knowledge that said thing may be too far out of reach to ever achieve. Those are all incredibly human and vulnerable traits. 
and they show that Ed isn't some action star ready to take down the evil corporation or save an alien civilization. He's just a normal person with flaws like everyone else in the world. And still, over the course of 300 and up pages, Ed evolves into someone who is willing to stick up not only for himself, but for others breaking out of the husk of a man that he once was and into someone who can find appreciation in even the most obscure and minute of details. That being said, the, uh, the ending of the story that conveys that could have been a little bit better, in my opinion. Considering that the man who orchestrated all of the events that occurred in the book was essentially a self-insert OC of the author himself, Marcus Suzak, hope I'm saying that right, it feels shoehorned in as a result of a tight release schedule and or either writer's block or overall laziness. Regardless of how the ending prompted a slight bitter aftertaste in my mouth, there were also hints of sweetness sprinkled in. I really did enjoy I Am The Messenger, despite its flaws, because if you ignore the whole card aspect of the story, it's just a tale about a man who goes around helping other people's lives while indirectly improving his own, and there's definitely some form of poetic beauty in that knowledge. Overall, I'd set the book at a solid 8 out of 10. And if this novel ever becomes lucky enough to earn a screenplay, I would pay good money just to get to see it. Just maybe change the ending to have a conclusion that's less of an author's fantasy with his own characters. It feels wrong. Once again, this has been Dakota Kirker, and I wish all who gave me the opportunity to speak here a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening.